Please listen carefully. Welcome back to the Focus Target Podcast. This is your host, Smiley, with me today, Van and Chai. Um, Van sporting a different hat than normal. Yeah, buddy. It's football season. It's a a pro Yeah, it is. Absolutely. Hey. I I rep the Avs year-round. You know what I'm saying? In the off-season for the Avalanche hockey in my household. Yep, there's none to be excited about the Broncos either. So I get it. <laughs> That's also true. <laughs> we'll see. See what the Broncos look like this year, but it ain't probably ain't gonna be too good. <laughs> you could kill yeah, the car over there with the Raiders. Well, uh, we're not uh, here to talk about the Broncos. We're here to talk about the Matrix. Matrix trilogy. Uh, we've talked about doing that one for a while. We're finally here. Um, we most of us have seen most of the Matrix movies recently. Uh, some of us <coughs> are still working on them, but uh, you know we're gonna have the competition. Them, plural, but like half of one. We're not working on them. Regardless, <laughs> we'll do the best we can. Um, we're we're gonna talk about the whole trilogy uh, a little bit, but we're gonna focus in mostly on the Matrix Reloaded today. Um, we did uh, a lot of analysis of the original Matrix uh, back when we did our twin movies. Uh, podcast between the matrix and dark city uh so if you mm-hmm. go back i don't you got you happen to remember offhand what number that was that was it's a while ago now probably uh get that I'll information to, really quickly yeah i'll try to effort that but i should um, do another one of those i was thinking oh, about was so many other movies episode 77 if you're if you if you Damn. need a recap on our thoughts on the mate the original matrix uh we do a whole bunch on that in that uh pod so uh check that out but we're gonna focus a lot on matrix reload today before we get to that of course we have a question of the day as is our way here on focus target podcast so today's question of the day uh last time if you can remember this far back um because we've been off for a couple weeks with van traveling to hawaii um we were talking about nostalgia and so let's have some nostalgia for our last podcast by uh, answering the question of the day which is just share something that tends to or has made you feel nostalgic like what what's kind of the nostalgia trigger for you uh that that first comes to your mind or or just that that always gets you um i'm gonna start today with shy shy what's uh what's your nostalgia give me something nostalgic yeah i mean i I have a lot of like i don't know I, I have a Probably lot of nostalgia. Yeah. Um, I think one thing is like when I see Legos, that's oftentimes oh, nice. like a nostalgia trigger. I played a lot of Legos growing up. And so like if I go to a friend's house or like uh, some, you know, someone invites me over or even like visit family and like my nephews have some Legos. If I see the Legos, it's like, oh man, like I remember like playing those as a kid with my like friend in the town we grew up in. And yeah. Good one. Yeah, Legos. That's a good one. What about you, Van? Uh, the sound of japanese rice rockets it's like a honda civic with an aftermarket muffler (laughs) or turbo spooling or all that stuff it's just because that was such a big part of my life when i was um in high school and then right into college one of my first jobs was working at a at at a tuning shop where we did lowering lifting nitrous methanol injection all that fun stuff so i just was around that element all the time the whole uh, underground race scene down here in southern california was huge and Every time I just hear like the exhaust or whatever, I always get nostalgic of the yearn for the times that were young and sprightly as high schoolers or early college students and all that fun stuff. So, yeah, that that makes sense. Uh, I'm gonna go with um, smells. Mm-hmm. Um, they say that 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 uh, scent is most closely tied to memory, and for me, it's uh, especially things like the ocean 
uh, which is, you know, where I would spend summers a lot of times when I'd visit my family on the East Coast. Or, like, for some reason, the smell of a garage. Like, you know, like, a garage sometimes has that just, like, garagey scent to it. I don't know that I could describe it better than that. I think it's because I never had a garage when I was growing up. Like, we didn't have one when I was a kid in any of the houses I lived in. Up until the house I live in currently, this this house that I live in now is the first house I've ever had a garage in my life. But, like, my grandparents did, and so we would go visit my grandparents. I think that's what it just kind of brings me back to, to some of my younger days, so... Um, I, I like, we, like we picked three different senses. We had we sight, did. Yeah. sound, and yeah. smell. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, touch... yeah. <laughs> yeah. Does anybody touch anything nostalgic? Like maybe like Play-Doh? When you touch Play-Doh, you you go to somewhere. Oh, yeah, there you go. I mean, ta- you taste probably. Yeah, maybe taste probably taste. is if you have something. You know, something. Oh have yeah, more. for sure. Yeah. Aren't yeah. smell and taste practically the same thing? Isn't uh, like they, your tongue they, uh, involved in smell? Yes. Or yeah. yeah it, they say that like 80% of taste is actually the smell of it mm. more than the actual taste of it. Like what you think of as the taste is oftentimes more the smell of it than the taste of it. But yes. So yeah, that's a fair point. All right. Well, uh, that was a good, good quick one uh, when we got a lot to talk about with the matrix so uh you know but if you are our fair podcast listeners want to tell us about something that makes you nostalgic uh which is which of the five senses most triggers your nostalgia we'd love to hear from you we'll have our uh contact information at the end of the show okay so matrix trilogy specifically a little bit matrix related and um i was gonna start with having us kind of rank the movies but since van didn't get all the way through i guess the, i rank them i mean i have no, seen three i just no, haven't seen you, it recently like you enough haven't seen it recently I, I want i want your fresh opinion so hopefully by next week right. you'll have gone can, through uh, it you'll have been able to finish it and you give a fair a fair rank so we'll move that to next week um i also want to let people know for people who've seen our movie podcast before uh and who didn't like them probably because they sucked um we're kind of taking a little bit of a different tact um we're not going to recap the movie at all because that just seems silly and boring and takes way too much time and we do it poorly anyway to be honest like we do it really poorly as a group for whatever reason so if you haven't seen the matrix trilogy especially the matrix reloaded please go check it out now watch it you know before you watch this video come back to it uh at that you know in the future because we're not gonna we're gonna assume that you know what's going on we are gonna spoil basically everything in the entire trilogy so um just be prepared for that so all right so let's talk about again we're going to talk more specifically about two i was going to say about both of these but what did you think about matrix reloaded um do you like it why or why not i want to start with myself because and maybe this is maybe this is a popular opinion maybe it's an unpopular opinion i don't know we'll see i always think that i'm going to be the dissenter and then you guys end up just we all just agreeing all the time anyway so we'll see if that holds true today but i love the matrix reloaded i think it kind of got a bad rap um i will say it's my least favorite of the three but like that's just because one has to be my least favorite um i i think it's a great movie in fact re-watching it having not seen it in a while i was kind of expecting it not to be bad for some reason i had a perception in my mind that i didn't think it was all that good and then when i watched it, i was like this movie's really great it's got a lot of great stuff going for it, and there's really not a lot that i can say i don't like about it. there's not a lot of parts that i was disinterested or bored there were a lot of cool scenes there was a lot of cool quotes um it's a very cool idea in a lot of ways and so i really loved it and um i'm interested to hear what you guys think i'm gonna start with uh the person i think is most aligned with me and shy 
this time. I would have passed it to Van first, but I, he might be the dissenter, so I'm going to save the suspense there. Uh, but let me go to Shy first. What did you think of uh, of Matrix Reloaded, Shy? Yeah, so I would say in the past, I would have rated, like, I mean, this is not, I mean, this may be a little mini spoiler. I would have ranked them in decreasing order as far as what I liked. Like, it would have been like one, two. No, that's not true. It'd be like a V. Two was my least favorite of the Matrix films going into this set of viewings. Mine too. Yeah, I no longer, I don't know that I would really view it that way. In my opinion now, they're probably, once again, it doesn't matter. So just Reloaded. I enjoyed watching Reloaded again. Let me just say that. And I I know we're going to get into, like, more, like, a detailed, like, talking about the, the, the nuts and the bolts. But like, I think yeah. what really made it made a big difference for me was we just did that free will conversation. And I think this is going to sound dumb. I tend to like really get absorbed. Well, you guys are going to understand this, but I tend to get really absorbed into visuals of like games, movies, stuff like that. Like I really pay attention to like cinematography and like the visuals. So oftentimes like sometimes the more nuanced like plot points can just like go over my head. Cause I'm just like, just caught up in like what I'm looking at. Um, and so, like, a lot of the, like, just free will conversations, the program, like, subtext and nuances, and, like, this whole, like, kind of, like, deterministic, I don't know, like, I, it, like, really impacted me this time, and I really found myself getting into the second and third films, this set of viewings, and just really, like, I was like, man, why didn't we do the free will conversation, like, after this, I don't know, but. We could always revisit it, you know, yeah. maybe that's a future podcast, if there's, if we want to talk about free will again, maybe in light of some of the things that we've thought about from these movies. All right, uh, Van. Let's hear it. Are you are you with us? Or are you against us? I hated <laughs> Reloaded. Did you really? <laughs> the first time I watched it. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I have no idea what the hell happened. I've never had an opinion flip as badly as I did on this one. <laughs> from absolutely hating, thinking it's garbage, to never ever wanting to watch it again, which is why I never had, to only watching it because of this podcast and being glad that I did Hmm. like, I don't know what the heck happened. I thoroughly enjoyed it the second time around. I don't know if it's because I know. And I I hate to disappoint you because you want, I was looking for a fight and 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 all that stuff. Um, I think when I hated it before, I felt it was too disconnected from the original that it almost seemed like an afterthought. Hey, we had a lot of success on this first one. Let's just tack on two more for for money. And the story doesn't have to be linear. It doesn't have to be great or anything like that. Um, But I think what helped was watching them in succession so quickly back to back. Um, Because I did not go back and watch the previous Matrix before watching Reloaded, uh, the original time. So there was a disconnect. But watching them back to back, it actually flows pretty seamless and and makes sense how the other one ends and where the other one picks up. Um, But yeah, so I, I hated it before just it was probably a mindset going into it. And then secondarily, what shy mentioned, I, I mean, it was so blatantly obvious how choices is a huge theme, right. And, and, and destiny and free will and all these things are, are just riddled throughout the entire script. And I caught like almost none of that the first time, like they would say, you know, blatantly things here and there, like, Oh, well, you don't really have choices. I'm like, haha, that's a funny thing to say, but like, it's just like, I didn't catch them all the time as I wasn't as observant to them as I was the second time around. And and I think that again is what made it more enjoyable because it was like, kind of like a, um, like a sparring session between deterministic and, and free will is pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I want that you segue perfectly into what I want to talk about next, which is if none of us really hated it watching it this time, what like this, universally, I feel like the sequel movies of the matrix two and three get shit on pretty hard. 
by the general consensus, especially the second one, seems to really be disliked. And my question to you guys, and Van, you started to answer a little bit, which I like, and I'd like to get Shai's take, and I'll provide my own as well. Is like, why do you think that is? Like, what? How, like, we all just watched this movie, we all liked it, but like, why? Like, why did we kind of think back on it as not being so good? Why do people in general have such a like? I feel like people have a pretty strong feeling about about these movies like people tend to really talk shit about them when i've seen it in just public discourse like what why why do you think the biggest reasons are like what are the reasons that people don't like this movie that you can think of shy yeah I've, so let me throw a couple out there um yeah. for discussion um i think for one thing we've talked about this one seems to end very neatly I think a lot of people like myself are like, why make another one? <laughs> like one yeah. ended and it was a great ending. Like I was totally happy with it. Um, I think another thing is too, like you saw a huge move to CGI and like computer generated like graphics and like, and not always maybe the bet, like, like, like extraneously, I think in a lot of cases. And so like, it was just like, are you like, it's more like style over substance. And then I think um, just my, I think, I think these last two points kind of make one, but I think it kind of like it, it can seem like it's meandering a bit. It doesn't maybe feel super tight. And I think along that same lines is I think I would say that I think two is probably the most complicated plot wise. It takes a lot from oh, one. Yeah. It adds a ton of like content and like ideas. And then I think three kind of wraps it up. And so I think that was my problem. And not only like did it go over my head, like the first couple times I watched it, but I think it just maybe took me years even to like process it and like have to go back to it again and maybe understand it more fully. So that was my thoughts. Yeah, I, I think that's a perfect point. Um, I think a lot of times the people who don't like it didn't understand it. And I think, let me ask you this. Did you, when you first, if you can try to think back to the first time you saw The Matrix, did you really get it the first time? No, and, and that's what I thought was amazing watching this the second time, was the first time I watched The Matrix, other people had watched it multiple times and they were raving about this movie. And, and, I, watched always... it and I was like, I was like, well, that was kind of cool. I've never seen a camera pan around somebody while they were floating in midair. Like that was pretty neat. And yeah, exactly. Like, and that was revolutionary at the time, right? Like the yeah. multi-camera oh, system yeah. and all time. that stuff. So yeah, yeah bullet time. Mm -hmm. And and I was like, so yeah, it had a lot of cool elements, but I didn't think it was an amazing movie. I thought, hey, this was cool. A little over my head. Certainly going to have to watch this a couple times. But um, certainly after the second or third or fourth, like it made so much more sense and it was so much more enjoyable. And I I, I had that same exact thought when rewatching two was, holy crap, this makes a lot more sense than the first time I saw it. The first time I saw it, it just seemed like a whole bunch of garble all thrown together just to do a money grab. And I hated that premise in the first part. So again, I wasn't coming into it with like an open mind, like, hey, really like lean into this movie. I was coming into it with, to see, okay, how did, how bad did they bastardize it to make my own bias correct? Right. And, and I think that's, but yeah, the second time I watched it, it made so much more sense and thoroughly like, enjoyed I it. Shy, did do you remember like did when you watched it the first time? Did like people tell you, "Oh, this oh, is a no. movie you need to see multiple times"? No, because I was uh, no. I in fact like I was you know I was this like sheltered you know Christian kid like didn't really hang out with kids in high school because it came out when I was in high school and like me and my dad it got to the point where like my dad was like yeah we can start watching R-rated movies together and so like Matrix was one of the first ones I remember that it was like such a cool moment for me like the fact like like one night after school it was like a, like it was like a I don't know if it was a weeknight or a Friday night like we rented the Matrix we watched it together and I think we were both like wow this is like this is different <laughs> like we didn't expect this I think it was definitely like a little darker than we expected it wasn't like the traditional film we watched together but uh um 
I just want to, so I don't, so I, I didn't, nobody told me anything. Cause like, I didn't like have a lot of like friends in school who were like, oh yeah, the matrix, like, you know, you need to watch this or this is what happens. Yeah. Gotcha. See for me, like every, like when I'd heard about the matrix before I watched it and everybody said, oh, you got to watch it multiple times. You're not going to get it mm. the first time. It's going to go over your head. And like, th- I thought that was so true. Like I, I thought it was super cool the first time I watched it, but I didn't, I picked like, it was one of those movies like every, Every the second, third, fourth time you watched it, you picked up on so much more, and it was like, "Oh, that's so cool! That's that part from that's what he's talking about in the beginning, and that's why he did this." And oh my god, and like I think the same is actually true for book for movies two and three. But you never ever hear people saying, "Oh, you got to watch it again to get it." They say, "Oh no, that movie just sucked. I'm never watching it again." <laughs> as Van espoused earlier, right? And like it just makes like I think it a lot of it is what what really you said, Van, and I really agree with it. Like. It was kind of a uh, like people th- were surprised by it, but I guess the, both of you kind of led into it, right? People were surprised by it because the first one kind of ended the way it did. It seemed pretty wrapped up, and maybe people were skeptical. Like, is this a cash grab? Is this just like we're gonna beat? Well, now we're gonna have a Matrix movie every year, you know? They're franchising it, you know, Madden, isn't it? Like things like that. And like, so maybe people came in with a bad disposition and then like, if you don't get it the first time and you're predisposed to maybe be critical of it, you're probably not going to give it those multiple watch throughs. The other thing I was going to get your, I was going to get your take on this a little later, but I think we do it now. What did you, what did you think? Do you feel like it was a turnoff that like, okay, the first is still science fiction in the first one. Right. But like, it was also still like kind of like a real, like there wasn't a whole lot of supernatural stuff. Like it was all like, ostensibly explainable the matrix one the original it's like it's like yeah it's like more of like a computer program but like it's not like supernatural super like there's not like magic and like monsters really like it's all fairly grounded and then this one shifts where you get the merovingian and all of his werewolves and like like ghouls and specters and shit and it gets a little bit more like supernatural and i i wondered if that's something that turns people off to this movie like it's like oh the first one was so real and this one's like now we're in fantasy world that was literally going to be my piggyback onto shy's comment uh and 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 yeah you just so uh i'll just run with it what i hated most i didn't i didn't there's a few things i hated about one but one thing I did hate was when he flew off at the end. I don't oh. know why I hated that. I just absolutely hated that scene. Like it, it just seemed like disconnected with the rest of the two hours and 10 minutes I just watched. And um, so I hated that part, but I was like, okay, whatever. Fantastic. Okay. Like a fantastic ending. Not like sarcastic, fantastic, but like it was a fantastic ending. And then um, the second one comes in and it's more of the same. And then I'm like, oh shit. So now we started with like what I hated that the first one mm-hmm. ended with. Double so that was it. like ne- in that negative disposition. And right. then, yeah, you start getting specters and ghosts and all that stuff. But there's one thing I caught this time that I didn't catch the first time. And it was the, who was it who was explaining that when you see ghosts or when you see the all these things, like, yeah, the yeah. Oracle. Yeah. And, and, and I didn't that's, catch that a, explanation a, the first that's time. That's a program not doing what right. it's Right, that's a program, do. yeah, yeah, not doing their own thing and, and all that stuff. So then later on you see it and you see the rogue programs. And yes, you have specters yeah. and ghosts and vampires and all this crap. And I even caught the part that I didn't catch the first time when they're like, how many people do you think carry around guns with silver bullets? And it's like, oh, right. 
werewolves, yeah. silver bullets, get it. Okay, all that stuff. Yeah. So like, but, and I was like, okay, that's kind of a cool thing. Cause, and it was very reminiscent of the first one way as deja vu. And they explained yeah. a real life experience, a real life experience yeah. as being a glitch in the matrix, right? Well, now they just yeah. did the same thing with ghosts and all these other anomalies that we consider supernatural were actually just glitches or rogue programmings and stuff like that. And I, I, I was able to appreciate it more watching it the second time than I did the first time, just casting it off as annoying and, and something I really disliked about the movie. Um, if I can, uh, if I make a comment, piggyback off Van now, and it also pitch a, an idea or a question to you guys uh van brings up a good point about the ending of one because i totally agree with van that always felt so like added on when really? he flies off yeah and then like that rock I song know. plays like out of the blue and it's like what what is happening um oh, rage against but, machine I mean, um so <laughs> i think the two has an equally weird ending like two doesn't end with him like basically doing like the real life He's emp on the yes. well like right before yeah. yeah so it doesn't end end but like basically yes. the end of two yeah. he does this like real life emp and you're like wait what the hell like we're, we're gonna talk it's... about that right so like okay so i just not to get too much into it but i feel like it also has a weird ending where it just like leaves you with like uh do i understand what's going on like yeah. what so and then that leads into what i want to pitch to you guys because i wonder if this is also what turns people off to two and three and I think it ties into what I said about one being it's a perfect self-contained film. I think one is like our our normal like superhero, like, you know, it's kind of more of like a man versus man conflict and like he wins. And it's like we're used to those films, Marvel films. Like we're used to seeing these things where like a guy saves the day, right? We get to two and it starts like that presupposition we have starts unraveling. They start mentioning like showing us things it's like, oh, wait, you're not the first one. You know, this is yeah. like you're in a succession. And, and they failed. And, oh, wait, no, you need to make this decision now. You know, like, and all of a sudden we're like, wait, no, this isn't the story I wanted. I'm, this is this is what I'm pitching to you guys. If this is maybe what people are processing their brain. Like, I liked it when it was, like, cut and dried. It was, like, you know, like a linear story that I'm used to. And now you're, like, messing with it. And then, like, three comes. And all of a sudden, like, it even, like, messes with that more. And all of a sudden now he's at the end. And, like, I know we're going to get here eventually. But he, now he's having to work with the machines. You know, and it's like, no, no, they're they're the bad guys. You know, like, I wonder if, like, each film turns people off for different reasons because it messes with like a formula that we're just like used to with like American cinema. Like we just, we like, we're just used to going to the movie enjoying like a popcorn blockbuster and like, and kind of checking out at the end and, and registering it as watched and like the matrix two and three kind of like really messed with that. Um, I, I think there's definitely some merit to that. And it makes sense why I've always liked them. Like, even though I've always felt two was the weakest of the three, like I've never, I've always been a defender of all three and but you'll find that most movies that kind of buck that trend that surprise have a real surprise twist or maybe an unhappy ending or a bittersweet ending, which is very, a lot more less common uh, are some of my very favorite movies. Um, and ones that like, I've, I've always been a fan of not like having everything wrapped up in a nice little bow at the end. Like it's not, it just doesn't feel as real. Like that's not real life. Um, so I think you definitely have, there's definitely something to that. Yeah. I think just to further that, they're also, they also seem to be more polarizing. Like people either are very passionately yes. like, like this is a great movie or they absolutely hated it. Right. Like M night Shyamalan movies. Like you either think <laughs> like signs is absolutely crazy, like great. Or you think it was like a cinematic Garbage. crap. Yeah. Crash. Wait, who hates signs? People hate signs. I think smiley. Didn't you say he hates signs? No, I, I don't like, love it. I, I, no, I think I'm you're right. I think I people do. do people just like, yeah, like, yeah. I'm making a pointer. I haven't seen it in a long time, but. I, I don't remember disliking it. <laughs> yeah. Um, we yeah. podcast. M we should just do an M, M. Night Shyamalan Ding Dong podcast. That'd be awesome. 
Yeah, we could do that. Um, all right, so let's let's go into some of just the thing, like the topics, things you want to talk about from the movie. Um, you know, I know Van was talking about the end, but like, let's just hit a couple things that that I that that any of whatever we want to bring up. I'm, uh, I'll start. One of the things that I thought was really cool, like one of the little, just little things that made, just made me enjoy the movie and kind of get more invested is how when they're they're you know they're trying to free the key maker right and of course they're going down the highway and the agents are like oh here we go and so it's kind of like this three three party high like chase right like the the ghosts are chasing the good guys with the key maker and then the agents are getting involved and i love how when the agents show up they're like we don't actually care about like morpheus and and Trinity. Like they're not our target. The target's the key maker. The target's this rogue program that we've been trying to catch for who knows how long. And like, that's just I, like, it's such a small thing, but little things like that, that kind of make you realize, Hey, like just cause you're, these are the main characters of the movie. Doesn't mean they're the actual center of the world. Like there's other stuff going on. These agents have other priorities. Like they have other things they're trying to do. And like, it makes it feel more thought out and like, like there's actually this actual world around them that's going on. And like so many movies fall into that trap that like the characters you're watching are the, are like really the only thing that anybody cares about. Cause it's all mm-hmm. the, what the story's about, but like there's a bigger world out there. And these, I always just love that, that the agents are like, like ignore her. We're going after the key maker. Like this little just this little dude that we met like two minutes ago. <laughs> like, I think, and it kind of plays off of what we learned in one in that, like, they don't even really pose a threat to the agents, right? I think that's another yeah. reason why the agents oh, yeah. ignore them is, like, sure. they, they don't care about Morpheus and Trinity because they don't, they're not dangerous, right? I mean, it's, it's yeah. only... They're uh, wanted criminals, yeah. but they're not, yeah, it's not, they're not Neo, right? Who can yeah. cause them real trouble. Which, if I could tie that into another agent moment, sure, one, yeah, I love cool. how two kicks off and they're in that club and, like, Neo's like, what's going on? He walks up that door and right off the bat, like, the first movie, you, you're like, agents are not messed with, right? And then, you know, Neo kills one of them and the other two run away. And you're like, okay, maybe that's, you know, that's kind of flipped. You know, Agent Neo's strong. But right off the bat in two, he takes on three agents at the same time and kicks their butt in, like, such a cool fight scene. Like, one thing I love about Matrix, because I love martial arts movies, is, like, it does fight scenes right. It does, like, long shots with, like, not a lot of quick cuts or angles. Like, you get to see the action. And, like, yeah, I love. I just loved how it started off. I'm like, oh, man, yeah, this is, we're getting into it. Yeah, I like one of one of the first lines that I hear from Agent Smith is when he like pops up and the guy's like, "Oh God!" and he's like, "He's like, yes, but you could just call me Smith or something." Like that. <laughs> Smith will suffice. Smith will do. Or yeah, Smith is just fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot like, of awesome because he is the computer. He is a personification of, and I was like, man, that is so good. It's so yeah. perfect. It it is like there's there's a lot of great quotes. Um, Maybe we'll hopefully we'll have some time for that before the end. Uh, some of our kudos to God for you know sucks that I can't remember his name, but that actor is just amazing. Hugo Weaving, Elrond. Yeah, that it. Yeah, also played Elrond. Yeah. Yeah, Elrond. Yeah. Yeah. He. He. Oh, he's great as Agent Smith. He really is. He made them scary. He made them fast. He made them. Yeah, it was awesome. All right. What else? What, what other points do you guys want to bring up? If you don't have any, I'll, I'll bring another one. But I yeah, I got it. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. I see. I see on here we have speeches. If we could segue speeches? into that, I do have a couple sure. of things on, on yeah. that that whole scene. So why don't you take it away? Whoever put speeches on there, uh, so <laughs> I, I was already cracking up. 
so there's a couple there's a couple speeches right like there's one of my favorite ones is the first one like in that in that same scene Shai was just talking about the id4 speech not that one not yet before we get to that there's the early one where they're like talking about whether or not that sentinels could be coming and they're like it's it's impossible be like a billion sentinels and morpheus is like is that so hard to believe one sentinel for every man, woman, and child in Zion. That sounds exactly like the thinking of a machine yeah. to me. That's always been one of my favorite quotes. It's the good. first time I heard it. I've loved that quote. It's so good. Um, and so that's kind of like a little mini speech. But yeah, let's talk about the Independence Day speech, right? Like he bring, he's got that whole thing at the end where, where they're in that room. Um, what did you guys think of that? Because I mean, obviously, it's, there's a high bar set by Bill Pullman, right? Like the president's speech is like the gold standard. Like where does Morpheus's speech in, in like where does it rank for you guys in that one? Like how how what percentage of of ID four does that attain? Is it anywhere close or is it just like garbage? You guys are both smirking. So who wants to start? <laughs> I think just I, go to Van first. Yeah. Oh, all right, all right, all right. Well, and I want to clarify. I think I've only ever seen one movie speech get close to Independence Day speech, and that was Idris Elba's speech in Pacific Rim. If either of you ever have ever seen that, like, no. he, there's an awesome speech in that. Um, but I, my least favorite scene in the movie is the scene where Morpheus <laughs> gives his speech, and then there's this <laughs> random dance party that happens, and like, I don't like. To me, it feels like a waste of Wait, time. Oh, hold on um, a second. Hold on. Hold on. Because we're, we're talking about two. Oh, you're not talking, talking about the speech where he's on the rock grotto. And no. He's, oh, which no, speech no, no, are you no. talking about? All right. So, gosh, he, about, he, does, he does yeah. have a lot of speeches. Okay. So, you're talking about the after 1 million, uh, 100 <laughs> years. We yeah, are still here. And, and he's like, so okay, forced. And, like, right, like, he's, like, he's like, face is rigid. He doesn't even look like he's, like, into it. It looks like he's, like, trying to be serious, but he's, like, trying to, like, uh, just and his okay. voice, like, his pitch went up, like, yeah. Oh. It was super awkward. This, and, I mean, uh, this isn't, like, the cool, I hate like, the that. Cool, uh, Morpheus I know. Okay. This is, like, somebody trying to be something he's not. And I get it, like, he's supposed to be, like, the image of a leader, right? But I don't know. It, no. it was, I want to talk about that whole scene, though, Shy, because oh, I agree boy. with you. Right, let's like, talk about this to the part i was talking about let's let's go to this all right so what part were you talking about well no we'll get to that later let's talk let's get the cave scene out of the way yeah man talk about your thoughts on the cave scene i've already said it's my least favorite part of the movie so the temple rave wait okay so first of all i have a lot of problems with this scene number one the hour is two the the movie is two hours and 15 minutes long (laughs) and that fucking cave scene was two hours of it like it was ridiculous (laughs) it feels like out of control um i think so that's where yeah, it, it just it went on too long, and then it was also awkward because they're like, "Hey, what should we do? Should we lie to them? Should we kind of downplay it?" And Morpheus is like, "No, we got to tell them straight out what happened. They can understand. They need to know." Blah blah. So he does that. He goes out there and tells them straight up what happened, just complete full transparency. These machines are going to be here within seventy two hours. They're going to kill all of us, or they're trying to kill all of us. Um, but we're going to try to do our best to make sure that doesn't happen. And then all of a sudden, they're in this freaking party, like they're all dancing and stuff, like. People aren't concerned about these mobs that are coming through. And I get it. He's like, let's not make them show that we're scared. Let's make the halls rumble and all that crap that he said during it. But man, I was like, dude, there's no way people are like all getting up and partying when they know these machines are coming. Unlike they've ever came before. And it just, it just seemed like a complete wrong response to the speech. And then it went on way too long. And then that sex scene went on way too long too. Like it was just going on forever. And I'm like, okay, this is fine. Like, great eye candy. She, like, like you know, she's hot as hell. No, not, even still, really, like, not even really great eye candy. 
way too much Keanu, way not enough uh, <laughs> Tyrion Moss, all right? Yeah, well, he's talking about Keanu. Yeah. I know, that's the problem. He's a handsome man. Worked, worked better for you than it did for me, I guess. <laughs> but no, it just went on way too long. Like, it would pan to both of them in the bed, and yeah. then it would pan to the, no, the no. dancing girls, and then it would pan back to the bed, and then it would pan back to more dancing girls with see-through freaking t-shirts, and then it would pan back, and I'm like, I'm not even joking. It went on way uncomfortably long. Like, it went on long. If time. I were sitting in the movie theater with, with any of my relatives, I would, I don't know what I'd do. <laughs> I would just get in my chair. I hated that scene. Worst part of the movie. Yeah. That whole, that whole 45 minute if, um, scene. Shy, what do you got? If I can jump back in before Smiley goes Smiley, because I, I, I agree with everything you said. I actually forgot the sex scene was part of it, but you're right. It's all like this long montage. It's like completely unnecessary. I mean, I don't know. Um, the i just realized as you're talking about the rave like in the third movie there's a rave that feels unnecessary as well and you want like it almost felt like the directors like just had like just well, had to fit raves one, into two yeah, or three there's one in, there's uh, one in the first one too like, oh yeah they go to that yeah the, the party yeah oh, i was gonna say this earlier when van mentioned the 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 cat with the deja vu but like there's a lot of beats in the original movie that get repeated in second and the third one. And maybe it's because they're repeated. I don't know. Like, I feel like people liked it in the first one and didn't in the other ones. And maybe it's because it's too much of the same thing. But like, there's a lot of parallels that people seemed okay with in one. And then in two and three, they're like, this is garbage. And uh, I think that's interesting. So my argument to that would be, I think in one and three, the raves, <clears throat> there's other stuff going on. In yeah. one, he goes there to meet Trinity and it's like different. it's like a plot it's device, and in three they're there to sport. confront Mervingi, and and it's like there's some cool visuals with them with the guns and the you know yeah. walking on the room, but when two it's just it's just nonsense, it's just <laughs> completely like could we get a could we get like a Van right. and Shy cut where we just cut that part out and see what it you know looks like? I oh. all right, so here's here, I'm going to defend the scene a little. All right, just a little, I I'm not going to argue that it went on too long. It it, it definitely did, right. um, but I think the purpose of that scene and I. Here's why I think it went so long, and here's why I think it was what it was, is that, like, it was it was their celebration of their humanity, right? Like, it was their, it was the way to show, like, very clearly for all, basically every character that's currently in the, in the movie, like, how they're different from the machines. Hmm. Like, that, like, there's, like, there's that, a way to, like, express that human element, that thing that makes you more than just you know, a robot, um, like whether it was effective or not, we can certainly, we can certainly debate that. And like, I, I mean, I, I'll certainly agree. It was probably like, it's probably if, if I had to pick at least favorite parts of the movie, um, that would be it. But like, I didn't, I don't hate it. Like, it's fine. Like, I think it's, it's, it's kind of important, I think to, because of that, because it kind of shows how they're different. And I, I will disagree a little bit with Van that like, I think, there when people like when you're faced with maybe a bleak future a bleak tomorrow if you know tomorrow is going to be rough sometimes you party hard the night before cuz you know the next day is going to suck and i think there can be that mindset that like you know what we are scared about what's going to happen but like we're going to enjoy the moment we have like we may not be able to ever have a party like this again so i don't think it's super unrealistic i, I mean i guess i get what you're saying like maybe people would be just more like, I can't dance right now. The machines are coming to kill me. I would go, what? But like hide in my room? Like, 
Like, what are you going to do? Like, sometimes you just make the you're best gonna of You're going to go that. find your family. You're not going to drop five tabs they were, of acid and they they were, go start making out with some random person. No, they were dropping tabs of acid with their families. Like, they were, they were all together. Like, that was about coming together with everybody. Like, everybody in the like entire school was in there. There's nobody group, like, dissented. Like, I can't do this. This is ridiculous. And then, like, sure, if the other half, like, stayed and wanted to party, I get it. Even so, like, Locke was there. Even he didn't leave. Like, he was still hanging out, even though he wasn't having fun. You know? Like... <laughs> Smile, I think you bring up a great p- counterpoint about the fact that's how people act. Because wasn't that, I mean, that reminds me of what the two uh, Greek um, philosophical viewpoints, Stoicism and Epicureanism. It wasn't the point of Epicureanism, like, like tomorrow we may die, so tonight let's like oh, yeah. live like frivolously, versus the Stoics were like, tomorrow we may live, so like today live frugally. You know, the idea that like if you die, you might live more irresponsibly. But yeah, yeah. All right, so let's get. I didn't even think about that scene. So let's get back to the real speech I'm yeah, talking well, about. Not that. That's a. That's a chant. That's a a pep rally. I'm right. talking about at the at right before the final heist when there a lot of things are happening at once. So that it's cutting back and forth between him explaining the plan and the plan actually mm-hmm. being in motion. And then he gives a speech at the end that says, "Many of you don't believe what I believe, right?" Um, and so, you know, what, and what if I'm wrong, then, you know, we may die, but how is that different from any other day? Hmm. On the other hand, what if I'm right? What if tomorrow the war could be over? Hmm. Isn't that worth fighting for? Isn't that worth dying for? I thought it was really moving. I thought it was great. Apparently you guys don't even remember it. So it can't have been that high on the meter for you guys. Like, yeah, no, it's it's a good speech. I think my biggest problem is like like you said, there was so much going on. Like I was being thrown so much all at once, and it's pretty. It's I did notice that a lot this time too. The first eighty percent of the movie is very easy to follow, and the last twenty is like just what the hell is going on? Mm-hmm. Like we flipped this whole script upside down, and there's like seventeen new very important things that just happened, and it just gets really complicated and convoluted towards the end. But uh, well, I do remember that speech, and I, I will say that that speech was yes, it was it was a good speech. Good speech. Let's let's roll into that a little bit then, because I want to talk about that mm-hmm. ending heist before we get to the ending, the super ending, like as we we'll get to the next, I guess. But like, like I felt that that whole scene, like you said, was kind of I was I was a little bit disappointed in how they chose to do it. Like I. And maybe a good argument would have been maybe if they'd cut a little bit more time from the rave scene, they could have had a little bit more time to flesh this out. And so I think that would have maybe perhaps made the movie a little bit better. But like, I, it was cool what they tried to do, right? Instead of having a, let's explain the plan, then let's do the plan. It's like, let's keep it a little bit more fluid and say, we're going to explain the plan and show the plan being done in stages as we're talking about it. We're going to be jumping back and forth in time. But like, I feel like what that did was it, it didn't really make you feel like you're not, you don't know what they're doing. Like you're watching them doing it as you're finding out what they're supposed to be doing. So you don't really understand the stakes of what they're doing. And so like the whole thing kind of comes and like so much of it, like we're not really introduced well enough to some of the, like the other two ships and their people. Like we see them, but like a lot of these guys, we don't even have names for. It's just like the dude, like the first mate on this guy's ship or like he's some Asian dude who's with this girl. Like we don't know who they are. And like, I know if you've seen like the Animatrix, like there's some 
ancillary content there. If you've played like, I think there was like the Matrix online game or something. Like a lot of this yeah. side stuff is actually dealt with there, so you maybe understand it better. But like, you shouldn't need to. You know, we've talked about that, I think, in the past. You shouldn't need to watch a bunch of extra stuff just to follow what's going on here. And so I just felt like there wasn't a lot of stakes there. Like, all that stuff, it seemed like it could have been really cool. But then it really wasn't that cool because, like, we didn't really care about the people. We didn't really know what was going on until after it happened. And then I was like, okay, let's just get to the part where Trinity goes in. Because that's the only part that really matters, right? Like, it seemed kind of like they could have handled it better. And I feel like I get the same sense from you guys. What do you think? I, I disagree. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's hear. It. I'd like to hear your point of view. <clears throat> I think he said he doesn't disagree. No. No. I uh, do disagree. I do disagree. Oh, you do with disagree. Smiley. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I'd like to hear this too because I think I, yeah. I agree with with Smiley, but I'll I'll hold that till I hear what you have to say. I've never felt that way because honestly, I do think that all of the other. I mean, like any story, there are a num a number of main characters, and those are the characters you get attached to. Those are the characters you care about. So I don't think that I've ever watched that final sequence and been like, man, I wish I knew more about that squad or like these individuals. Like, not that like I think it's impactful. Like when so you know a guy wakes up you know and then like starts you know shooting electricity at people and whatever. But like, I think the key scene for me is when you find out that Trinity does have to go in. You know what I mean? Like it all leads up to that moment. And I don't think like you really need to care about any of the other things, like, because they lead to that moment. Like, like that's why, that's what makes you care. Like you see the team wasn't able to accomplish what it needs to do, which means that she needs, you know, she wasn't supposed to go in, but now she does have to go in. And I think, I guess my final note would be just having worked in, not in the film industry, but just in video production for the last, you know, decade, decade and a half. Like, I mean, editing can, video editing can be a nightmare and like trying to like think of how to tell a story can be very difficult. And so like, it's easy to be like, ah, oh, they could have told it in a much cooler way. But like, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they did have like multiple storyboards they'd written out and like different methods of storytelling and, and like what they ended up on was like in their minds and in their opinion was the most impactful way of telling the story just because of how you show a different you know a different layout yeah i think i think my biggest gripe is what i think a little bit of what what smiley was saying was that there were a lot of new people introduced at the end who i knew were important but i didn't feel were important like it wasn't proven to me why they were important i just knew they were because of the circumstances they were in right like the like the creator the the guy sitting in the chair mm -hmm. um you know just the architect yeah that's the one like him it's like okay like clearly you are one of the most important persons in the entire world entire universe entire everything right you're the architect and it's like but we get to see you for like 10 minutes and i know you're super important but i don't feel like you're that important and it yeah it was just a weird disconnect there for me i don't i guess i don't have as much problem with the way they did it like the, the like i think it was a little bit confusing when you're watching it probably the first time but i think that's okay because then All again right. as you watch it subsequent times you kind of know what to look for and it makes a lot more sense. My part, my, the part I didn't like was that like, I wish they would have taken a little bit more time. And again, maybe you, you take five minutes off the dance scene and work some of these other guys into it a little bit more. Yeah. Like show us some of the, like the only person we see in like, they have three squads worth of ships. And the only person that we know outside of Morpheus's ship is Naomi. She's the only one we've seen before. All the other people are new. As like you could like you had opportunities whether they were when you're in, you know when they're in Zion or when they're in that earlier meeting like you could have worked these guys in a little bit more prominently and maybe like they probably were there but like you could have given them a line or like introduced them and like like have Neo be like oh hey you're on 
this guy's you know like give him a, like something to be like oh that i i know this guy he was here he's cool i have a little bit at least a little bit of an attachment to him before he ends up getting killed so that like i care when he dies at all like what they did with bane at right all. like the only yeah. thing you ever see with that guy is him walking down the hallway about to assassinate neo and then all of a sudden like neo's fanboy you know calls down the hallway and botches his thing and then that's it so you're like okay i know this guy's a bad guy no so that's not true beginning he yeah he was from before though right right like yeah yeah like yeah okay yeah oh i see so you're saying that's a good example of that yeah i'm saying that's a good example of how they just spent 45 seconds to introduce someone now you know about this person it marinates and then you see him later on in the movie he has like impact and stuff like that right yeah so that was my bigger gripe with it. it was less with the way they did it because like i said i think the way they did it could have been kind of cool especially on subsequent playthroughs it's just like i felt like i didn't really care about what these dudes were doing but anyway let's let's move on with that we're we're doing let's let's get to the very end so you know first neo's presented with a choice he goes to the source of the machines to the source of the matrix the basically the you know, the, the main programming room. He's given a choice to return himself to the source and save Zion or leave and rescue Trinity. Can we talk about those real quick? Yes. Like how those choices make sense? Because didn't, it didn't make sense to me fully and still doesn't. I'm like, okay, these are two very important choices, but what are the effects of each, right? So, So what's the first choice he's given and how does he accomplish that? So the first choice is if he goes through like the left door, it's kind of red pill, blue pill again, right? Yeah. Very if, reminiscent of that. If he goes through the left, the door back to the source, like basically matrix stays as status quo. It's basically like the code that makes him the one like is disseminated back into the matrix and kind of like, it'll come back. It'll coalesce again, but it's kind of like shattering his essence and sending it back into the matrix. It basically buys everybody more time like what we kind of learned from that is that we like the the humans think it's like 200 years after yeah the 2000s but really like if this is the seventh iteration of neo then it's and like if that happens like roughly every 200 years we're like 3000 something like this has been going on for a long ass time right and so if he does that he basically just kicks the can down the road right like Like a server reboot yes yes like a server reboot like and that's basically the 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 way the machines have figured out how to deal with the one, right? Like we don't think we can necessarily beat him, so let's just like recycle him and like push oh, it on. Like and if we keep pushing yeah. it out two hundred, like we do that forever, and everybody's happy. Like Got we it. keep so this we the server. Yeah. So they're so the so the freaking computers are just turning it off and turning it back on again because they got a virus yeah. in the server. <laughs> yeah, because they right? yeah. got it. Okay. Yeah. And like, and Zion will be destroyed because it has to be. But instead of like the end of the human race, Neo will pick like what is like seven women and thirteen men or something, and like make a new Zion. Why and would those... Zion be destroyed? Because once a computer gets reset, it just explodes the entire planet, or or what? No, because they like they're basically those sentinels that they're sending to destroy Zion. Like that's going to happen one way or another. Oh, like they're it, wiping those people out because if yep. too many have been freed now, like they're too there's too many of them to control, right. right? Like basically, again, they're trying to reset almost the real world as well, mm-hmm. right? They're saying we're going to wipe out all the people who are outside the matrix except the small subset that that uh neo's gonna pick 
and they'll get to start over. And like what we can infer from that is that like, like in the first movie, Morpheus says the Oracle was the first, you know, she woke the first of us, right? She unplugged the first of us. Like this is that event that she's talking about. Like oh, that's this awesome. is the, like the seeding of the new Zion. And in this way, humanity continues to survive. And like that's the that's the 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 prospect that he's supposed to offer him. On the other hand, and like what I don't get about it to me is that like they said that like the one is supposed to have like like previous versions of the one were supposed to be like really like tied to humanity. And they were supposed to like be cultivated with this great love of the people. So that when this choice was presented to them, they'd be like, Oh my god, I can't like let humanity die. Like, of course, I'm going to say yes and, and continue with this program. But, like, for some reason, this time he fell in love with Trinity, and so he doesn't care about the rest of humanity, and he's going to go save her. Like, I didn't get, like... What were the two choices again? The first, like, what were what was the first was The first was to do that. Hmm. The second was leave, go back into the Matrix, and rescue Trinity before she dies. Got it. Got it. And, like, I, that's what I just didn't... I didn't get that part. I didn't get, like, if the machines have this this setup so well regulated that they do this every time. Why was he allowed to fall in love with Trinity and like build this bond? That's going to like mess all their shit up. Like I didn't and get he that. At says all. That that's the differentiating characteristic between you and the previous yes. six, right? He's like, he's yeah. like, Oh, you fell in love. It's like, okay. right. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, he, they, like the previous. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just kind of, I didn't really get that. Maybe shy. You've got some insight there. I never kind of, figured that one out i mean that's a lack of control in the system right i mean machines maybe, can't yeah. determine who you fall in love with and so the fact yeah. you know, i mean like maybe they just got lucky the last seven times and the person didn't yeah. develop some intense personal attachment with an individual or maybe they thought about it differently and they thought i need to sacrifice everything so that you know what i mean like i mean it's yeah. still worth it even sacrificing that bond you know like i don't know um yeah yeah yeah, that's something maybe some maybe, you know, again, this is a great opportunity for our listeners or if anybody has an idea, like if, if I'm understanding something wrong about that, I'd love right. to be educated. So I'm so confused. So one hand, you can take your thirteen people, destroy Zion. On the other hand, you can go save Trinity and then what happens? Every human being dies, including yeah, we'll kill all everyone. the world. Literally, literally everybody. including everybody in the matrix. Yes. Oh, and every, they're not going to bring people we, back or whatever. They're well, just we, gonna, we, we don't 100% know. Yeah. extinction Got of the human race. You won't let us said. do the re you won't yeah. let us do the reboot, yeah. therefore yeah. we are gonna. Yeah. Okay, I got it. And you and, can and, you can either save like twenty six people or everybody's gone. Because like and, Neo, and, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. No, please. He I'm makes a comment about. like I, mean, I think isn't that the scene where he's like, "But you need us to survive," and he's like, "There are levels of survival." There are and levels like, of survival. So we are like, willing to yeah, so they're like prepared yeah. to like live without humanity if like humanity won't accept their control, basically. Yeah, I mean, it's I'm gonna talk about this next week as well, but like, <clears> there's a interesting scene between you maybe remember when they're still in zion the that elder that old that old guy comes down and kind of talks to neo that night after he's done banging trinity like he they, he comes out for some air and they they kind of chit chat right counselor and the counselor yeah and and they have that discussion about basically the machine like the humans in zion are living off of machines yeah. like the machines keep them alive but you know, the other machines are trying to kill us. And so, like, you think a little bit, like, here in, in this scene, that's basically what he's quoting back, right? That's what Shai said. Like, he's kind of going back to that idea that's like, hey, no, wait a minute. Just like the humans are using machines, you're using us to survive. And that's when the architect's like, no, no, we're cool. We can get by without you if we have to. <laughs> 
And so, but I want to keep that in mind because I want to come back to a point on that in the third one because I think it's interesting. But all right, before we run out of time, because we promised we get here. So now he makes his choice. He saves Trinity. He goes out of the Matrix. The Sentinels are coming to kill them all. And he's like, yeah, boom, talk to the face, talk to the hand, whatever they said back in high school. <laughs> like, I remember when I first saw it like how crazy I thought that was. And I was like, oh man, Neo can, is like the one in real life now too. Like how crazy, but like, I didn't have the same reaction you guys did to like the flying at the end. I thought that made sense. Like hmm. he found out he's the one, like the Oracle said, the one can remake the matrix as he sees fit. Like it's like, you know, being granted like admin privileges in a game. It's like, okay, now you can do hack you know, position hack and like, you want to fly, you can fly. Like you're, you're a super user now, basically. So I never thought that was weird. This part I did think was weird. Cause it's like, okay, how do you explain having that kind yeah. of supernatural powers in what's supposed to be the real world? Like what, like when he's not in the matrix, it's supposed to be our world that we know. So what did you like? I mean, uh, you want to talk about it. what do you guys think? Man. So we, yeah, super small comment, but that was, that was the only part that I couldn't even suspend belief enough to agree with, right? Mm. Like all the rest of the stuff inside the matrix, you're right. It's all coding. So you can code it to do whatever the hell you want ever. And, and, and again, the flying part, it wasn't that, Oh, he shouldn't be able to do that. It was just like, why did he have to do that? Like, why did he have to end sure. that way? I'm going to free sure. these minds. Now I'm going to fly. Like, that just seemed cheesy to me. Like I get, you can do it. You can do all the coding. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but this one, when he does that, I'm like, then again i was like okay this now we're we're a different type of movie now before it was somewhat i can believe what's all going on inside the simulation but now something's happening outside the simulation like okay there's part interest and then part this is a much different movie than i thought it was i have an idea i, I just had yeah. an apostrophe um <laughs> me i've um, had an apostrophe no um all right let me pitch this to you guys because I've never thought of this before because up until this moment, I've thought the exact same thing you guys have thought. So in two, there's a scene where he's not plugged into the matrix, but he's in the matrix, right? Yep. Doesn't his link is the one who like sees that or, or someone after uh, who was who specifically the, sees that. Beginning it, of, that's the beginning <clears throat> of three. That's the beginning of three after. Uh, oh, is that the beginning of three? So maybe it's. Should we not get into this then yet? Like have your apostrophe. We'll marinate all right, over, all right, it for, all right. over the week. All right. So I think this ties into the th three though, but like, Cause then there's a scene, and I'm gonna, we're just gonna go, I'm gonna say another thing about three. There's a scene. The only other time I think we see something. I think the only other time we see something like this. Yeah, yeah. I think the only time we see something like this is at the end of three when they're flying to get to the source, and there's all the bombs coming at them, and then he uses like he reaches out and he explodes the bombs. Another manipulation of reality. But in all these cases, he's manipulating machinery, and I wonder if it ties into the fact that now he is in some way like innately linked to the Matrix. And so he can control other things that are tied into that infrastructure. And like, so he's always manipulating. So if you can get past the idea, because I forget, it was this electricity. I don't think electricity comes from his hand. No, at the end no, of no. He just, he, he just, just holds his hand. Yeah, so, so, like, so I'm not saying like it makes total sense, but I just had never thought of that idea that like, it's not that he can like do that with anything. Like he can't like, you know, part the you know water. He can't like, you know, tele telekinetically move other, like inanimate objects. But as far as machinery in the real world is, is concerned, he is somehow connected to the matrix and thus even real world machinery. I, like I don't, I'm not, maybe that no, wasn't I, an apostrophe, I, but 
No, that's that's a, that's a great. I never thought about that either. I think it. Yeah, I'll accept it. Was I think it was an epiphany. Um, I think it actually does tie in. I'd love to. I actually might have to go back and watch it again and just see if that ties out. But like, remember too, like when he loses his eyesight. I don't know if you're there, that Van. So sorry, but he loses his eyesight, and then he can see Smith, and like that's what he sees, right? He doesn't see the person who was there. Mm-hmm. He can't see Trinity. He can see Smith, who is jacked into the matrix basically right like it's a very interesting idea it's almost be like if like somehow you got like a wi-fi transponder put in your brain and then it's like you could you could like connect to the internet from wherever you are and like affect things on the internet that you know Dude, he still has all the machines in him he still has the ports he still right, the the brain receptor. he still has true. all that yeah. stuff in him it's basically got yeah. like a wi-fi connection to the matrix yeah maybe he yeah. does and like, yeah, I think that's fair. Like, you could, if you're online, send a signal to a a a, a real life computer that would overload it, right? That would make it stop working. Like to be to your point, like he doesn't actually like cast lightning bolts or shoot fireballs. Like he really just makes machines stop working. He essentially gives them a a cold a virus a computer. God, you're a genius. Virus. And I think my father told genius. <laughs> Smiley, you, you bring up an amazing point because you mentioned Smith, who is we find out is Neo's corollary. Smith yeah. isn't jacked into the Matrix either. He's in Bane's body, and yet Neo can see him as if he is in the Matrix. And that yeah. probably, oh man, that really shows why the machines fear Smith so much. Because not only could he oh. destroy the Matrix, but like if we already see what Neo can do in the real world against machines. A loose Smith, oh. like imagine what chaos he could like. Insane, and yeah. so, like the comment, it all comes back to Van's comment of when he's like, "Oh God," and he's like, you know, he's like, "I, you know, Smith Smith yeah, like, yeah. like he viewed himself as God, and he could have become God. Like Smith, like Neo is like the one obstacle in his path of becoming God. Basically, it's the other interesting thing is, and I didn't really think of this either, but like, think about how the like. The matrix must be to not just the humans, but to the machines, kind of the way the internet is for us. Like imagine Mm -hmm. if somebody right now had the power to completely like remake the internet as they saw fit and like completely take it down, completely do it. Like imagine what that would do just to like international commerce and business Mm -hmm. and all the things we rely on, smartphones, smart refrigerators, smart cars, like everything uses the power of the internet right now you took that down like it would be a global cataclysmic event and like that's basically like you can think of the machines like they're like basically a hundred percent tied into that the same way they're completely relying on they may not be a hundred percent relying on the humans to source the matrix but i think they are relying on the matrix itself itself so good stuff guys i like that's awesome all right so any other final like scenes or talking points you want to get to before we wrap it up, knowing that we do have next week as well. We're going to get into the, the third movie, but we could always come back and tie things back. What do you got, Van? I would just say one thing I, I want to mention that, that is it's super tiny, but it was like a aha moment for me, which I thought was pretty cool. Was that like, you never see tank and dozer in the matrix, right? Mm. They're operators and all that stuff. Right. And like, I don't know why I never thought about this. And it was like, they're like, Oh no, I'm born here. You know, purebred on, on Zion and all that stuff. It's like, Dude, there is a huge population of people who will never know the Matrix because they, they cannot get tapped into it. 
And I was like, that is so crazy. So that's why, like, you never saw Tank and Dozer inside because they didn't have the connections. So there's all these people who will never know the Matrix. And I think think that gets at why they had to destroy Zion, right? Like, uh, to Shai's point, like, these are people getting outside of their control. They're reproducing without the means to even put them in the Matrix if they wanted to. So every so often, every couple hundred years, they got to wipe that slate clean and say, you can start with a much smaller, smaller non-threatening subset but we really want like 99.9 percent of all people to be in the matrix and this growing population doesn't even have the plugs for it but yeah that's, that's a great point um i have two quick things i want to i want to mention um one is just morpheus quotes there was a quote i've really been waiting to talk about just briefly and there was yeah. a quote there's an awesome scene i forget who i don't know if it was i don't know who said it to morpheus but there's a there's a scene you i'm sure you'll know if one of you guys know this but there's a scene where someone says to morpheus not everyone believes what you believe and morpheus morpheus, responds, not everyone believes who is that do. is that Locke? all right yeah. yeah that's what i thought that's what that was Locke. and he says he replies he says oh. my beliefs do not require it i'm sorry it's not Locke. it's the captain oh. i think it's the captain of that other ship it's the captain that's like that- oh is this at the end of at the end of two oh, i can't sp- remember i can't remember i it's- can't remember either it's one of those two dudes, but yeah, it I isn't totally two. Know. I think it was Locke. I think and it I was think Locke. the beginning of the movie. It was. And I Locke. think You're right. that's just that's just a great. I think that's just a great quote for life. I think so many to so often like people have convictions, but they waver because it's like, oh, this person doesn't agree with me, or like, you know, I don't maybe, but like, I don't know. A true conviction is a conviction that you don't base on other people's opinions of that conviction. Like, like you, that's your conviction. And I mean, I don't know. I thought that was great. And then the last thing well, I wanted. Did, hold on, did, before you go on to that one, to take that even a step further. I think like that's what most people have a issue with with organized religion for, right? It's that like uh, that's my personal belief, right? It's like I don't really care what you believe. The problem ha- I have is when you come in and start telling me what I have to believe, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. you can believe what you want, but don't push it on other people. And that's where I think you get a lot of the religious conflict in the world. When I think, and I think that's the problem. I think on the flip side of that is that so that's interesting because that's actually why i thought that quote was so interesting was i think so often i think what i see in like especially christianity these days is so so many insecure christians who feel like everybody needs to believe the same as they do to like validate their opinions and it's like no i mean if like that that's not what the bible talks about that's not the point of christianity it's not to it's not that everyone agrees with you i mean that's that's not it at all so yeah i would looking at it from two different sides um you have a second point Yes. Uh, well, and then this maybe this is just a segue into three because I think this is this is a character that will continue to to play a part in three. But I th- I just watching it, I thought Link's character was ingenious, and I thought it was such a cool because what he is is he's a he's a plot device of someone who's seeing Neo for the first time, starting out as yeah. kind of an unbeliever, but like kind yeah. of like just seeing all the cool shit that Z- Z- Neo does, and by the end is just like like kind of like become is becoming ecstatic by like watching Neo do what he does. And like, and we see that kind of go into three as well. And I just, I'd never seen him as like, as that, I think I kind of thought he was kind of dumb. Like when I, for the last time I'd seen the movie, it was like, why is this guy in the film? But like, I was like, Oh yeah, he's like, he's like our hype man. Like for Neo kind of basically like, um, there were, we haven't even got into it, but now that you, you mentioned, you know, uh, religion, like there were so many biblical references. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that in and of itself could have been like the disciples and the Messiah. Right, like in the beginning, not non-believers, and then seeing the miracles that were that were, uh, you know, Absolutely. that took place, and then becoming a believer and all that stuff. Like, it's yeah, it's just so many embedded uh, biblical references throughout everything, not just with like terminology and names and thoughts and all that stuff. Right. So. 
Well, we'll we'll get we. I, you may notice on on our outline. Our listeners won't know, but you two might notice. You know, I skipped that one on the outline of a, something I wanted to bring up was talking about Neo as a Messiah, oh, yeah, as a Messiah and as a man. And like it comes out a lot more, I think, in the second one. But I think it's much a little bit more appropriate in the third one. So I figured maybe we'd wait till the third one to talk about that particular point. So um, so yeah, more to come on that, I guess. All right, fellas. Well, boy, this is fun. I, I knew I was going to look forward to this one, but this has been good. We've uh, I think we've had some good conversation. I'm looking forward to the second part of our conversation, which will go into the third movie, which is uh, definitely one of my favorites. Um, if you are listeners, this is a great opportunity for you. If you have something you'd like us to discuss about anything in the Matrix trilogy, one, two, or three, or or, or even Matrix tangential, like the philosophy or religious discussions that it evokes. Um, now's your opportunity to get get a question into us. You know, we've got uh, our contact information here. Um, is we're on Twitter at Focus Target. We have an email. That's the best way to get a hold of us. Focus Target Podcast at gmail dot com. Um, we're also on YouTube. All of our previous episodes are on YouTube for you to watch. Uh, uh, it's a uh, Focus Target Podcast on YouTube, and of course we're streaming live on Twitch.tv backslash Focus Target Podcast. Hopefully you're with us live right now. If not, you can also. Uh, catch up on those later but yeah submit something for us and you know we'll talk about it next week uh, here's your chance to get on the air so uh, thanks for being with us today it's been fun talking about the matrix i've enjoyed it i hope you have as well this is your host smiley it's shy and i'm ben as always cover us porkins we're out